Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Podcast. I'm senior fashion reporter Danny Parisi, and if the name Dowie Chow sounds familiar to you, it's because he has done a lot of things in fashion over the years. He's worked with Sean John, he's worked with Donna Karen, he's worked at Sergio Tacchini, he founded the breakout CFDA award-winning brand public school with Maxwell Osborne, and now he is most recently the creative director of Brady, a menswear brand founded by Tom Brady, who some of you may have heard of. I wanted to talk to Dowie about how his career has evolved working with Tom Brady, the crossover between sports and fashion, how you balance a bunch of projects when you're working in the fashion world. Um, Dowie is right here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to talk to you again. Um, I guess I've got a million questions here, and and I guess the first one is just, uh, how did you end up in this position working with with Tom Brady? <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, it's in your space. It's fashion, it's menswear, it's it's all that, but it's definitely, I think, a little unexpected. What's What was the process like to get to, uh, to your role as creative director? Yeah, well, you know, if you've worked in this business long enough, uh, you'll know that, you know, it's super small and, you know, your paths cross multiple times with hopefully really good people, um, which is the case uh, with Brady and my involvement. Um, one of my mentors, Andrew Rosen, uh, who's been, you know, a close friend and, and uh, a mentor over the years, um, had called me one summer and, and um, told me about a project that he was working on. And he didn't, at the time, didn't mention what it, what it was specifically. It was around menswear, it was, you know, possibly around sort of performance. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple months, um, introduced to uh, Jens Greed, uh, who's also, the, you know, our, our partner on the project. And, you know, we, we started talking about this brand. And finally, they, they called it Brady. And at the, at the time, I had no idea that it was Tom Brady. Uh, I just thought that it was an interesting name, Brady. So they, they kept that kind of secret. Yeah, they kept it secret for a couple of months. And after a while, I was like, hold up, Brady, like Tom Brady? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the whole time, I, I think they thought that I knew uh, sort of just off the bat that they had been referring to Brady as Tom Brady. So um, that was the unofficial introduction. And then, uh, of course, I met Tom over Zoom during the pandemic on Thanksgiving. Um, interesting time. So, um, so yeah, so that's how I, I, I got down just really through, through Jens and, um, Andrew, you know, clandestinely, secretly reeling me in. Recruiting you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to mention Jens's involvement because I feel like he's another person who has got so much stuff on his plate. He's, he founded Frame, obviously, but also he's working with Skims and his wife, Emma Greed, is working with Good American. Like, I feel like the, they're such a power yeah. couple and they're involved in, in a bunch of stuff too. So did you know him before this or was this your first time meeting him? No, I, I had worked on um, something else with Jens and Andrew, um, totally uh, you know, like not brand related. It was more um, around like um, this charitable org uh, that they had been developing and, and working on. So that, that's when I had met Jens before, um, but I hadn't worked with him, um, you know, like on a brand before that. He's such an interesting guy. I mean, like I said, he and Emma Greed both are like such like 
great entrepreneurs and like got so much interesting stuff going on all the time. Um, so this was a couple of years ago, the the official one year anniversary of Brady like being launched and out there, I think is coming up in January. Um, but you were obviously there like a, you know, a year or two before working on stuff. Um, how do you think the first nearly a year has gone um, from your perspective as as a designer? Like, has it been, how has it compared to the, the other brands you've worked with? Interesting. I, I mean, I've been involved in sort of a lot of startups, but I think, you know, tons and tons of learning. And, you know, if you, if you don't have that, then, then you're probably not doing it correctly. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this startup was interesting in a sense because, you know, it's a startup, it's a new brand, um, bringing in someone that, that hasn't necessarily really been in the, um, in the industry or in that space being Tom. But, but you have all these sort of industry experts and, and people who have um, been wildly successful and, and, and contributed to the industry in, in really great ways. Uh, and that's beyond just Jens and Andrew, but the team that we formed, um, you know, didn't feel like a startup in that sense because you have all this expertise and knowledge. Um, so in that sense, it, it felt sort of like, you know, um, kind of this weird mix of, you know, like expertise and knowledge, but still, you know, like not knowing, um, you know, who would wind up being part of this consumer base or who would be interested in a brand by Tom Brady. So um, I think a lot, you know, a lot of experimenting and poking and prodding and risk taking and learning and, you know, just a lot of good lessons to, 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 to be learned. And, and certainly, you know, we, we had great resources at our hands and um, to be able to combine all those things together and, and, and put together this new brand in this really competitive space um, has been fun, uh, to say the least. It's, 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 it's been fun. Well, like you said, I mean, you on the, it is a startup technically, but it's got so many incredibly experienced people, yourself included, um, working on it that it's, it feels maybe that it's more established um, than, you know, I, I was kind of surprised to see that it's not even one year old technically. Um, but I mean, one thing that you didn't have was a, a long sort of uh, archive or like established brand identity. And then that was something it seems like you guys had to shape yourselves because it's a brand new brand. Um, what were some of the decisions or conversations behind the scenes of like shaping the brand from a creative like identity perspective? And, and was that entirely left up to you or were you working with Jens and Andrew and Tom and, and all those people to kind of establish you know, the identity of the brand, what you wanted it to be. Yeah. I mean, completely collaborative um, project. I think when you have um, all, all the names that we had involved, um, it would only make sense that, you know, like you really leaned on sort of the years of expertise and um, experience and, and know-how. So for sure was a collaborative process with Tom involved in sports and football specifically, he's the GOAT and, you know, not many players that you could mention sort of in the same vein as, as him and, and his um, success and his accomplishments. So we had to find what about 
um, his sort of greatness specifically that we could tie into that could resonate um, beyond sort of just sport. And then also just really be careful on how to um, balance or, or separate the the man from the brand. Yeah. Um, so all of those things, I think, put together, you know, everyone had some considerable input into, um, you know, how we would, you know, tackle sort of branding him and uh, branding the brand, really separating those two things, having him sort of jump in when we needed him to jump in. And then then also being able to, you know, like have the, the product and the aesthetic sort of stand on its own. Yeah. And, and I noticed from looking at the site and some of the the marketing materials that I've seen or been sent to me that he's pretty prominent, like his face is in it. There's, you know, references to his career. Um, it's tied to him, but it's not particularly tied to football. It seems like there's there's golf and swim and, and it's kind of like performance and, and active wear and and athletics in general, but there's Tom himself is present, but football seems a little bit de-emphasized. Um, I don't know. Could you tell me any more about the the decision process there too? Yeah. I mean, you know, like he, he, he Tom is an interesting fellow uh, in terms of just like his approach to football, I think is very non-traditional. Um, and that's been, you know, pretty well documented, you know, like kind of all the folklore about like, you know, what does he eat and, how, you know, how can he stay, you know, perform, performing at this level for so many years? You know, he's been in the league for 23 years. Just being a football player for that many years has never been done. But to, to be, you know, to perform at, at the level that he is, achieved the success that he's achieved, you know, his regimen, you know, such an interesting take on, you know, how how most people would think about football players, you know, like, you know, like these gym rats in the gym, like pushing weight and um, big and strong. And he's kind of the opposite, right? Like his approach has never been sort of weight driven. It's it's more been about, you know, like mobility and pliability, um, flexibility, uh, looking at sort of the whole training arc um, from start to finish, you know, not just the training aspect, but the recovery and the maintenance and the preparation, all those things sort of like forming this, uh, you know, kind of like really non-traditional uh, arc of approaching football. And so we knew we wanted to tap into that specifically because it was so interesting, including his diet. And, you know, he's just, you know, he drinks like 20 gallons of water every day. And that that's sort of like his secret, you know, elixir. Um, his not so secret elixir and, and fountain of youth, uh, almost. So, you know, all those things we we wanted to, you know, attach um, or or approach rather um, how we looked at the collection and thought about the collection in the same way that he did with you know with his with his body and his um, you know his his day job, which is football. Um, so yeah, so it was a very sort of like mind, body, and spirit approach to looking at the collection, um, and then ex- being able to extend it beyond you know just being on field because I think Tom also has this other life uh, that he's you know well known for you know like on the red carpet at the Met um, you know you know all these sort of like really high profile fashion events as well. So, you know, to, to bridge that gap, I don't think has, has ever really been done before. 
Um, so we, we wanted to be able to find um, a lane that we could, you know, you know, be authentic, be believable, but then also really lean in on sort of like this holistic approach um, to, to sport and, and to life. So it was very much this balance between live and train, which were the, you know, the first two words I think that we added to the, to the lexicon of, of, of what Brady, you know, the Brady language. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, you alluded to something here that I wanted to ask you about. I I'm going to betray a little bit of my own ignorance, which is that I'm not a huge football <laughs> watcher <laughs> or follower. Um, and but my I do write about fashion. And I've got some expertise there. And I, my perception is that the sports that are most kind of closely tied to fashion is like basketball. Um, in Europe, it's uh, various soccer leagues get all sorts of you know partnerships and deals with various luxury brands there. Um, the NBA is full of like incredibly stylish athletes who are known for their their style. And 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 I don't think that the NFL has quite as much of a, an association with fashion. And, and you're right that like Tom Brady does, but so like maybe Russell Wilson is the only other one that I can think of. Anyway, the point I'm getting to is, um, is that, is that your perspective as well? That like football is, is maybe less fashionable than, than other sports. And do you, do you see a customer for Brady, the brand, uh, who comes to, the brand from following Tom Brady in the NFL, or is it uh, mostly kind of like people who are just looking for a good activewear brand who are looking for high performance stuff who know of Tom Brady and just kind of come to it from there? A, a good portion of our um, current customer base is definitely the Tom Brady fan, the guy who's grown um, with Tom throughout the years and watched him play and is, is probably an avid NFL fan and, and watcher and participant. But um you know, we're, we're adding on uh, a base of our consumer that is looking for, you know, really well-made, versatile um, garments that can span both uh, live and train, right? So that, that something that he could train in, but then also something that he could, you know, wear to work or um, to dinner or out, you know, like that, that is kind of the sweet spot for us. I was going to ask you about designing for performance, but um, real quick, did you have any thoughts about like football versus basketball on the, in terms of yeah, you know, having a fashion? Yeah, career? absolutely. I, I think that um, certainly basketball players are, are known more for their style, and I, and I think that that probably just has a lot to do with sort of you know like um, the body type and you know the frame of most basketball players are um, tall and lean, which you know certainly helps when you, you know, when you're wearing clothes. Um, and, you know, similarly, bat, uh, football players are, are usually bigger, um, you know, broader type guys um, at, at certain positions. But when you look at the quarterback position, per se, or, you know, a wide out or, or a safety or, you know, like those guys also have similar frames, you know, like tall, lean, um, so I think you're you're seeing you know a rise in terms of sort of the football fashion um, love affair that that basketball is is known for, but I, I think you're you're seeing sort of the crossover you know into into football now more than ever. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Given that performance wear, or active wear, or or whatever you want to call it, I feel like is is popular in high fashion, like more design forward spaces. 
uh, as well. So I feel like any sort of sport related thing is kind of getting a, a boost from that in, in fashion spaces. Is this the first time you're designing like performance wear you or, or have you done anything like that at other places? yeah I, I would say pure performance for sure um you know like public school we you know collaborated with with nike and jordan a bunch of times where we've done collections around sport and even infused in in, in the aesthetic was always sort of this underpinning of um active wear or 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 sports as a as a theme but pure performance, this is, yeah, this is the first time. And it's been, you know, like a, a really enjoyable journey um, to, you know, because the, 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 the way that we approach design now here at Brady is, is um, a lot more intentional than I think uh, my past work has been, right? Like it's really thinking about the end user um, specifically in, in really, you know, intentional ways and approaching, um, development, uh, whether that's, you know, silhouette or, or fabric, um, textile, um, in a very clear, clear way. And not, not to say that we, we, you know, I hadn't designed in a clear way before, um, but it was a lot more subjective, you know, a lot, um, and, and I think, the, um, the the design process is less about um, trying to make something cool as opposed to making something that's like really functional and does what we're saying it will do. So that that's been a really enjoyable. Yeah, it's sort of like your your public school design work or, or other brands. It's like as long as the shirt like goes over somebody's body, then it like works, and then you can just <laughs> a little more you know, than that. The rest is just, a little more work than that, but well, yes. Yeah. I, 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 but you know what I mean? Like, so if you're making, you know, athletic wear that this needs to be, this needs to stand up to like actual exercise or training or something, it's got a purpose that it needs to fit and it, like a criteria to meet beyond just the, the aesthetics. Yeah. Um, but then of course you want the aesthetics to, to match what you're hundred percent as well. And another layer of that is like, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, an avid runner. And so to be able to, you know, like wear test, you know, to, to be able to design a product, then wear test it, and then go back and sort of make the the necessary tweaks and and um, corrections or or changes based on sort of that that um, feedback that's coming you know directly to you from you is also pretty cool you know like to to go out and and be able to like you know, wear test the product in real ways and put it um, in circumstances that we're envisioning the, the end user to, to be using it. Um, that that also makes the process really cool too. Do you find yourself doing more like samples or more iterations of something here at Brady compared to your yes, other brands? Yes, 100%. You know, like um, our team, our, our development team, our design team, our merchandising team, marketing team, you know, everyone is 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 active and you know whether they're you know running at a at a club level or a team level or you know semi pro you know we have like ex college athletes and um so so yeah so we're all constantly wear testing the product and I think that that um you know that that just adds an an extra dimension onto the design and development process um which you know just is is a cool 
experience, right? To be able to like talk about the product amongst your team and your coworkers in really intimate ways, right? About how, you know, you experienced it versus how they experienced it, experiencing the product together. Um, you know, those are all, you know, different opportunities that, you know, maybe I, I didn't have while, while working on sort of just purely fashion uh, projects. Cool. So I want to ask you, actually, if you don't mind, a couple of questions that are not specific to Brady, but just about like the role of creative director or designer kind of just in general. Um, the first one is, um, do you, as a designer, like how much do you pay attention to or or involve yourself with like the business side of things? Like, do you kind of isolate yourself and just, you know, focus on the creative elements or, or do you, I'm sure you're having discussions and stuff, but do you let that sort of shape your, what you're doing? Do you, do you work, do you involve yourself with that side of the business a lot? Yeah. I mean, certainly it's been an, an evolution. I think early on in my career, it, it, it wasn't much of the business side, which, um, you know, for better or for worse, just wasn't something that I thought about a lot. But um, I think being an entrepreneur, uh, starting your own label, certainly you have to think about the business in uh, in new ways and in, you know, like different ways um, beyond sort of just the creative. And then, you know, with Brady specifically, I think, you know, like it's 2022, uh, you know, like the, the amount of information um, and metrics and analytics that, you know, like primarily the Brady business is direct to consumer. So we collect uh, an insane amount of, um, you know, inf- not that we collect, but the, the information um, is readily available to us. So it would be silly not to, you know, like take that into consideration and have that inform, you know, how and what kind of product you're making. So I think for sure nowadays, you know, you know, at the designer level, at the creative director level, at the just pure creative level, like, you know, you, you have to, um, you know, take advantage of all the information, um, and analytics that are coming back to you. And, um, yeah, it just would be, um, you, it would just be a, a waste if, if you didn't. Like you said, I mean, a, a DTC brand, you've got tons of data coming in. You've got extremely like direct access to it, whereas if you were selling through Nordstrom or whatever, you you wouldn't. So I think that makes sense. And, and it can be like, you know, I've never designed for a brand, but I imagine that the constraints or the suggestions of that the data can give you can be creatively fulfilling, like, it looks like people really respond to this. What's another creative way we can sort of, you know, iterate on that. Um, is there room though for your, in your process, whether it's at Brady or the other brands to try something where there's like no data to support it, you know, because there, you might not, your audience might really respond to something super well, but if you've never done it before, you know, like you guys did swim recently and maybe there was data to support that, but that's like, a new category. So when you, when you want to try something and there's no data to back it, like, do you feel like you can do that? Or do you have to sort of convince yourself or convince others that we should try this? Like, I don't know if there's any numbers behind it yet, (laughs) but there could be like, it could be a, you know, it could be something. I think, you know, I, I feel like, you know, there's probably data on every single thing and every single category, you know, nowadays, 
But yeah, there's certainly times where you, um, as a designer, are fighting for an idea, um, whether it's with your merchants, whether it's you know with with the business side of things, um, where you just instinctually believe in it, right? You know, we we don't design in a in a vacuum or in a bubble, um, and you know, like you are connect hopefully you're you know you're connected to um you know the, w- what's happening outside and in, in the real world um whether on a really micro level or on a macro level and so yeah so that that you know in, informs your um your instinct it feeds your um you know your 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 belief in something and yeah well i mean certainly always, you know, like pushing for ideas, um, that you really believe in and you, and maybe you can't really pinpoint where it's from, where the belief is coming from. Um, you know, you, but, but you, you, you feel it and you fight for it. And, you know, sometimes you have to be a really good, um, (laughs) to be a really good designer. Sometimes you have to be a really good, you know, salesperson and, and, sort of like selling that idea. Um, so yeah, I, d- I do think, you know, I think what you're asking is, is there room uh, nowadays, you know, to get around all the data and try something that feels like um, maybe the data doesn't support it or you just don't have enough data around it. Uh, but yeah, I-, I-, I would think that, you know, if we were just purely data-driven, um, and I'm sure you know some companies have, operate that way, but if we were just purely that, um, you know, you would you would lose the soul um, in a lot of the things that you make, right? And 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 that's the that's the thing I think that 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 people resonate with and feel, right? Like you know, there's these items that that have energy and soul in them, and without it, then they're just you know just you know pieces of um fabric sewn together yeah yeah i mean i think you you can tell as a consumer you know whether it's clothes or anything else you can you can feel sometimes when something was made because the person who made it cared about it and wanted to make it and when something was made because they were told to make it by you know some some business people uh you know with spreadsheets and stuff and sometimes again like not to shame the business people with spreadsheets that can be very helpful but like you said if you if that was the only thing that guided your decisions you'd have it's like why even have a human being involved here you could just have you know a computer do it for sure um which also makes you know this the performance space even more interesting because add on to that is, is really you know like the the functionality of something right like that that also drives a lot of the decision making creatively um that you can go out and 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 if you are in tune and you are a runner or in the gym or you know um a tennis player or a golf player you know someone who plays golf you know like you you also have a connection to the physical thing that you are doing right so you know, combining sort of the, 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 the soul and the physical piece, um, that, uh, that is informing the product, then you add on another layer. So that, that's something that I really love about, um, working on the product that we're making now is that you, you do have that additional, um, 
you know, all these additional layers of functionality and performance and wear testing. Um, I really, really dig that. Yeah, definitely. One last thing I want to ask you, um, you know, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but you, uh, you have a lot going on. Your public school is still going, you know, you've got, and you're still working with Brady. I feel like I've noticed um, in my conversations with designers and creative directors across fashion, it seems like it's kind of pretty common for a designer to be working at a brand and then have their own brand or their own, you know, project going on elsewhere. And then, you know, if you're like Virgil was like, you know, DJing and stuff and like curating an art exhibition somewhere else. And um, I feel like that's become pretty common for a, a designer to have, you know, a bunch of plates being spun at once. Some of them might not even be fashion related. Um, and I think you've you've got that for sure. Uh, what's your what's your I don't know strategy or experience like for for balancing all those things. It seems like Brady's kind of like your your priority at the moment because it's new, um, but you've got all this other stuff too. Um, cliche question, but how do you balance that? Um, I, I think hopefully, you know, if, if you've been doing it long enough, you could figure out like to not have to, it's one thing to have all these different projects and have to like move to each of those projects. And when I say move, I don't mean you know physically necessarily, but like mentally and spiritually, like if you have to get up out of one, um, you know, energy and then jump into a whole other lane and then jump out of that and jump into another lane, I'd imagine that that would be pretty difficult. Um, but if you are lucky enough to have all your sort of interests kind of intersect in a way that you don't have to really jump out of, um, you know, like one energy to get into another thing that you can really operate um, from the same place. Um, it makes it certainly a lot easier and I think a lot more manageable in that sense. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, like the things that I work on and the things that I'm involved in really have these connections um, and are pretty much extensions of, uh, uh, of each other. Um, and that, and it doesn't have to necessarily just, you know, have to do with fashion per se. Um, but just like culturally, um, you know, participating in things where you have, um, all these, uh, crossover, uh, I think it, it, it makes it a lot easier. And that's how I've approached things of just like working on things that, really fall within um, the different circles that I, in different communities and different, you know, like energies that, I, that, that I'm a part of. Last thing I, I got to ask you is I became a fan of your work through, through public school. Um, I know the brand is still going. What's, what's the new, what's the latest thing with public school or what are you and Maxwell up to there? Um, well, uh, you know, public school is, is, you know, has always been, um, so, sort of bigger than a fashion label, you know, like when we, when we started out public school many years ago, um, we had envisioned it being sort of just a platform for different, um, ideas and, um, you know, really kind of a medium for an exchange of, an, uh, of ideas. And, um, I think, you know, we are at a point now where the brand is, um, you know, has come to represent an idea and we don't necessarily have to constantly put out collections or products 
necessarily. So we're, I think, just in one of those phases where, you know, there isn't necessarily any uh, interesting that, 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 that uh, we have a unique POV on from a product or design standpoint. So, um, yeah, just the brand is always going to be there. Uh, Maxwell has is, is, is also started his own label called uh, An Only Child, um, which represents a really specific um, part of his life that he wanted to explore and express. Um, so I think, you know, it's just a cool thing, uh, that we can bounce back and forth on different projects. And when we find something that we really want to collaborate on, you know, we'll release it. Um, you know, we, we, we've had a couple of collabs that have dropped recently, um, which feels cool, which feels, you know, like manageable, um, but the great thing about PS is that it's, it's always there. It, it really represents, you know, a big, big part of our lives, um, together. So yeah, that's public school. Well, that's all the time we have. Dowie, thank you so, so much for coming by and, and talking to us. This was such a fun conversation. Uh, and thanks for walking me through, especially your kind of philosophy of design. I feel like it's, it's super interesting and always good talking to you. Yep. Thank you so much. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you like the Glossy Podcast, subscribe, give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this, and tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.